0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today
1: we are talking with Heather Denniston, and I'm really looking forward to hearing some of the wonderful words of wisdom that I know she's going to be able to share with us today. Welcome, Heather. Thank you so much, Nancy. I'm honored to be
2: here. I really enjoy your podcast, so it's a pleasure to see you in person and for those
1: who are listening to hear you. (laughs) so, Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. Heather, tell us a little bit about who you are and why we're here today.
2: Yeah, I, um, my name is Dr. Heather Denniston. I'm a chiropractor by trade, but I left private practice. About five years ago, to move into the entrepreneurial space uh, of coaching, consulting, writing, publishing, all of those things I just felt so passionate about after about 25 years of practice. I just couldn't say no and I needed to move that direction. So I sold my practice and started my company called Well Fit and Fed. And what I do is I help bridge the connection for high performers, entrepreneurs, and executives
1: between their personal well being. And their professional success sounds wonderful to me. Let's just jump right in because I got a bunch of questions. <laughs> and sure. as everybody knows, I am usually the devil's advocate, so I may yeah. ask you some questions that I may not totally believe in myself. But I wanna, I wanna hear your answers too. <laughs> For all of the other people out there who may not hear, um, I. Myself, as you probably know, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, have uh, about six years ago, I was in a really bad hit and run car accident and have had 16 surgeries. Three of those surgeries were to implant, remove, and re-implant a spinal stimulator. Mm. So the word chiropractor just kind of sent chills through me because I know that I can't go anywhere near a chiropractor. (laughs) Well,
2: I would would disagree. Um, I had lots of patients with spinal stimulators and uh, there's different techniques in chiropractic, both very, very gentle, light touch, almost no touch to the heavy handed poppy cracky that you're probably thinking of, which would not be probably what would be suited for you. So if you were a client of mine, and of course, I'm not doing chiropractic much anymore, but when when I had a practice, if you were to walk in, we would take a probably a really good look at your upper neck where the center of your nervous system um, is housed and work on that area to help a trickle down effect for the rest of your body. So uh, absolutely, a chiropractor could still be a benefit to you, but you would need to find a very specific very well experienced chiropractor, but I understand I've had other patients come into my clinic who have
1: sort of notions of what chiropractic is. And we just educate. Well, it's, it's interesting because the notion's not mine. The notion was my doctor's. My doctor said under no circumstances are you to ever, you know, but that actually brings on a question to, for me, because prior to getting these boxes put into me, the only thing because i have complex regional pain syndrome mm-hmm. so i have very very serious nerve damage and touching me
0: mm-hmm.
1: having a pair of socks on my feet mm-hmm. sends me through the roof but believe it or not the only there's two things that make me feel better one is heat on mm-hmm. the infected areas the other is actually massage mm-hmm. And I would give anything to be able to have a massage Mm. of my shoulders, if nothing else. And I was told never, 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 never. And, you know, so that has set up and I know I'm not the only one, you know, I know that there are a lot of people out there that go, well, there goes the one and only thing that's ever going to make me feel better, you know, and that's a, mental issue that Mm -hmm. is negative that you know is just leading us down the road to it's just one more thing that we have to put up with how do you tell people how do you coach people how do you work with people where you're talking about wellness and then you're dealing with people who've been given information right or wrong and and I'm not saying to don't listen to your doctors but obviously there are differences in in you know what one and the other one says how would somebody who would absolutely kill to have a massage do something like that
2: yeah i think um not to simplify it too much but you don't ask a plumber about electrical in your house you don't ask an electrician about how to roof your house so you want to go to the expert of you know within the profession that you're thinking about connecting with and nancy you know i also have some chronic disorders and that sort of thing so i am both a personal and professional advocate for those with chronic pain autoimmune disorders etc and so one thing i know coming from a personal aspect is we have to be our biggest our own biggest advocate we have to educate ourselves prolifically more than we might ever realize and we have to trust ourselves we have to trust our inner knowing we have to trust our inner judgment and um and that's how i move forward and it's how i help
1: my clients move forward okay it's it's interesting because in, in the day and age that I was raised, you know, you, you were taught that the doctors were to be, you know, a- anyone in a profession, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, anybody who's spent a lot of time and money to getting a degree is, is someone to be honored, so to speak. Yeah. And when my doctor says, "Don't do something, I want okay, I won't and and it's funny because I'm getting to the point right now where I don't necessarily believe that anymore. and I'm getting ready to move and I'm looking for new doctors mm-hmm. and I'm looking more at holistic doctors mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, yeah, oh, got yeah. this way because, I don't care as much as, and I'm, I am a total advocate of, I don't care how I feel. I've got work to do. I got to get up and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, I, that's how I live my life for the most part. And mm-hmm. unfortunately I wind up in bed for two or three days at a time because I've, I've done too much. Mm-hmm. So I know that health is the number one thing that we have to have and, 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 everything suffers if we don't have health for sure yeah it does
2: and when we don't have our health uh you know like i've heard you say in other podcasts there's, you have certain limitations of things that aren't accessible to you so how do you work with that
1: mm-hmm.
2: um how do we not get mad at our bodies frustrated angry um, of course, that's going to happen a little bit. But how do we take control of that and use our mind-body connection to really help us through the things that a lot of people can just physically push through? Um, with respect to the body and with listening, that's absolutely key. So I love that you're starting to seek out some alternative opinions and you're arming yourself with new information. I think that's great.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that it's important for everybody. Everybody who who's on here listening. Obviously, if they're listening to this show, they're looking for something. They're looking for some answers. And I can't remember the last day that I didn't hurt. Yeah. You know, I woke myself and my husband up about one thirty in the morning because I was crying in my (laughs) sleep, just moaning and groaning because I hurt so bad. I didn't, on a conscious level, I didn't realize it, but in my sleep, unconsciously, I was hurting so bad that I couldn't sleep and I woke both of us up, you know? And so I don't remember not having that issue. Yet on the other hand, if I allowed that to run my life, I would be right back where I was six years ago when I was curled up in a ball in the basement in the dark. Yeah.
2: And we definitely have to celebrate the small steps, the baby steps, uh, the small victories that we have, you know, for, for when you're in chronic, when you have a chronic condition.
1: So how do we share that other than in something like this with someone who may not be to that point yet? I'm I'm to the point where I'm going I know that there's more to it and I have got to sometimes I've got to push through sometimes I got to stay in bed for the day. Yeah. I've got things to do that I want to do that are important for me and I yeah. got to get up and do it. Other people aren't to that point yet. Mm-hmm. How how do we how do we get them to you know get out of that hole? Yeah. You know, Nancy, that leads into
2: um, a story I wanted to share. When I was in practice, I had a woman come in named Julie, and she was a Microsoft executive. And uh, she came in, and she just had this look on her face. And she said, Doc, I want you to help me with my lip. And I said, Julie, I'm a chiropractor. I don't I don't actually know what it is that I can do for you for that. She said, no, not my lip, my Linda improvement plan. I said, tell me more about that. And she said, I've just spent the last 20 years pushing through a career, raising two boys and somewhere along the line, I lost myself. And she had put on weight and she was deconditioned and she forgot what she was passionate about. And so she said, I'm going to put a team together. I said, tell me more about that. So we talked about a wellness pit crew and it's something that I do with all of my clients now. And whether, no matter what stage you're at, this is a really powerful step to go through. And what it is is looking around you consciously and intentionally creating a team. And the team could be your chiropractor, massage therapist, your alternative doctor, but it could also be Karen in the cube next to you at work who simply says on Mondays, Nancy, did you hike on Saturday or, or, you know, Linda, did you get out for your walk on Sunday? Simple as that. And I think it's really, really important that we're consciously aware that now more than ever, even without chronic pain uh, being well, being fully, fully optimized requires support. And so consistently looking at, okay, who's on my team. And one of the things about a, a wellness pit crew is it doesn't have to be somebody who's right in front of you. For example, someone on my wellness pit crew is Brene Brown. I love her, I love her work and she doesn't know it, she doesn't know me but she's definitely somebody I go after to kind of seek information and to get inspired and to learn more about all the different things that she talks about. So creating a really consistent uh, wellness pit crew, I call it, I think is really, really key no matter what stage of the game you're at even if you are really, really not there yet we can always ask for support in some way It doesn't have to cost a lot of money um, there's lots of resources out there it's just consciously going after them
1: i love that and that actually makes me think of a question i just i just got off of another interview with with someone and we were talking about about this and it's twofold first of all you've got a, a lot of times with an autoimmune or with a chronic disorder we don't look like there's anything wrong Exactly. You know, people look at you and you say, you're just lazy. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So finding that person that's going to be supportive Mm -hmm. to put on that pit crew Mm -hmm. is not always easy. Correct. I mean, my husband is wonderful and he bends over backwards to take care of me almost to the point where it drives me crazy because he won't let me do things that I can do. (laughs) And I go, would you just let me do this myself, please? (laughs) You know, which is, is detrimental to a point as well because it, it does take away some of my independence when I still want to be so, you know, independent. So you have to find the right people. Yeah. I think. And the second question, which is what we talked about in the other interview, was for many of us, particularly women business owners, I think, and I have found repeatedly, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need help. I don't need support. I can (laughs) do it all on myself. And inside you're dying. Mm -hmm. But nobody sees it and you don't want anybody to know that there's anything wrong with you. So. It's hard for us to ask for that support. Yeah, for sure it is. And it's
2: definitely a personal process you have to go through of walking back through, why don't I want to ask for help? Why am I so afraid of that? And kind of doing some business with yourself on that level. Uh, because that the the only person that's hurting is you. And so it's absolutely essential that we kind of step that back and say, wait a sec, where did that come from? And why is that perfectionist or, um, you know, imposter syndrome or whatever it is that's rearing up for you? Why is that an issue? And let's kind of talk about how to go back and deal and heal with that piece of it. So we can come back here and go, "Oh yeah, I'm not afraid to ask for help. All of the greats ask for help. Anybody successful has mentors um, and coaches and consultants. And so um, I think that's a really, that's such a great point. And I think you're right that women business owners do tend to fall prey to that. Not uncommonly.
1: Yeah. And it's the biggest challenge. And And I'm still to that point is, you know, hey, if my husband wants to do it for me, let him do it. You know, I, I suppose I need to be that way, but dang it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. let me, let me do this myself. But yeah, I think I do think it's
2: important. And you alluded to this, that um, those of us with chronic pain or autoimmune disorders, we, we have to grasp those small opportunities for independence because it plays into our confidence and our self-worth and our self-compassion. And so you know it's it's a balancing act, isn't it? is how how hard do I push for my own independence? How much do I let somebody support me um but I think that's really key to keep questioning that and and being aware of it
1: yeah it's it's funny and i I probably said this six times in the last week we're We're moving, and we're moving about thirteen hours south of where we are right now to be in a community where right down the street. My husband's got a cousin and her family. And then one of the cousin's daughters has just bought a house in the same community. So the entire family is going to be within, you know, 500 feet from each other. (laughs) And I have not, I have not ever had that kind of closeness. Mm -hmm. And we were down there visiting and watching the, our house being built and getting some things set up and started. And I would walk, I would try to walk in to, and I'm normally, I'm in a wheelchair, but I can Mm -hmm. still walk a little bit. And I was trying to get into the cousin's house. And there's only a little bitty, teeny tiny little ledge from the garage into the, the back of the house. And I'm, trying to pull myself up they're grabbing at me here let me help you and i'm going i can do this myself yeah. <laughs> you know and then they're they're pushing chairs at me and here put your feet up here and i'm going don't treat me as a total mm-hmm. invalid please yeah Good for you, you know, yeah. i can still do some things for myself yeah it, totally and it true. makes you feel uncomfortable <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure and
2: setting those expectations clearly when you're about to live, you know, in each other's backyard uh is really True. great that you did that because that's going to be you know I think the more that um that independence is taken away from us we become more marginalized and it is really hard to keep up you know, like I've referred to before our confidence and our compassion and and all of that so I love that you said hold on, I'm good. And uh, I can do this. And it's important for me to try. And so good for you.
1: Yeah, it was really funny, because they've got an eight year old son that lives there. And he was out there. And I went, All right, Aiden, come on over here. And he comes over to me. And I said, here, (laughs) I put my elbow on his head. And I said, you're my cane kid. (laughs) (laughs) So we got we got a laugh out of it. And they saw that it wasn't this horrible serious you know issue and and that there are still things but yet i like getting waited on hey you know (laughs) so i i do think that there's a balance that you have to have
0: growing a successful business is hard enough but trying to do it while adjusting to a new challenge like a chronic illness can definitely derail the best of us nancy understands She has been there, done that. With 30 years of success, she knows the necessary business hacks to increase your income and relieve the day-to-day stress of running a business, all while living in an uncooperative body. Nancy can help you. Connect with her today through the links in the show notes so you can see your business soar higher.
1: And, And I think as a business owner... We need to figure out where that balance is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I used to work from four o'clock in the morning until midnight and be back at it at four o'clock the next morning and not think a thing about it. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. I have to have people around me to help me do the things that I used to be able to do myself. And that brings in guilt. mm. You know, Um, it's like I should be doing these things myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I then I hate I'm paying these people, but I hate to ask them to do things. And it happened yesterday. I was trying to put a blog up on my website and I couldn't get into the back end of WordPress. And so I had to ask my assistant who that's what she does. And I said, well, I just wanted to do it myself. And she went, look, that's what you're paying me for. That's my job. To do it."
2: <laughs> yeah. I hire into our weakness and let them do their job. Right. <laughs> so that you can do what only you can do. That's absolutely key. Yeah.
1: But I don't think we understand that a lot. I yeah. think there are huge mental blocks in all of that.
2: Yeah. And I think too, it's uh, there's a fear about, about spending money to hire as an entrepreneur, to hire in the services that other people can do so that you can only do what Nancy can do, you know, meeting the client, building the relationship, doing those things. But uh, and that, that is a milestone we have to get over as entrepreneurs, or I think it limits our success.
1: How do we do that?
2: Uh, how do we how do we get comfortable with Hiring into our weakness, I think, first of all, we get real with understanding what our strengths and weaknesses are. And I think uh, so ha- taking a really good inventory of understanding what that is and then um, I think doing the work to know that I am much better if I'm surrounded by people who support me where I'm soft and that I'm going to get a lot farther. I'm going to get to my goals much more quickly and it's money well spent. And I think those entrepreneurs who have just started, you know, the first VA that you hire or virtual assistant, the first web designer and stuff, you, you it does not take long to finally go, oh, that was worth every penny of the time I got back and the value and the quality of, of what was produced. So, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a limitation in entrepreneurs. Sometimes we don't um, pull that trigger quickly enough. Um, and it's hard when you're struggling at first and the dollars aren't rolling in necessarily to um, make that leap. But boy, it makes a big difference.
1: Let's talk for a minute. Let's go back and talk for a minute about taking this inventory. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been dealing... I've had issues for probably twenty years, but the biggest and and I was but I was able to deal with them. You know, they weren't. A couple of times they were really life changing for a while, but I was able to get over them and I was able to go on. This last one from six years ago was really life changing, and I've not been able to get over that one, and my life really has become totally different because of that and i know for a lot of people when they first get diagnosed with fibromyalgia or they get you know crohn's disease or they get all of these different things it's hard for them and it's hard for them to actually sit down and do this inventory because they don't want to, first of all, I didn't want to admit that I couldn't do something anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And when I had issues in the past, I was able to, I had glaucoma for two years. I I had four surgeries in two years for glaucoma. And I mm-hmm. had to lay on either my left side or my right side, depending on which I had been operated on mm-hmm. for two years. And I couldn't move. And I had to turn my whole business over to my my mm-hmm. staff but then I was better and I was able to get back and do it again so it wasn't permanent mm-hmm. and so an a tick on an inventory list m- would be temporary once you get a chronic or an autoimmune disease that's not really temporary anymore so mm-hmm. I think the first thing we have to do is admit that there are changes mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, absolutely. And then going from there, what do we do? How do we do it? How do we dig deep enough into ourselves, not just on the superficial level, but dig deep enough into ourselves to say, this is where I need help. And it's not going to change. It's going to get worse. I need help. I need to find somebody who can do these things for me.
2: I think it's. I think it's two things. One is uh, getting crystal clear about where you're going. What 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 is your objective, and and how badly do you want that? So as an entrepreneur starting and moving in a direction of building a business, and uh, there, we have to get out of our own way for sure. So I think that's that's great. And I think that the more we know ourselves and the more work we do on ourselves personally, the easier easier those decisions are. We get more comfortable with that. I also think really strongly about, and this may or may not relate, so tell me if I'm not answering the question you're asking, but there's something I do with clients immediately, and that's something called an energy leakage liability inventory. And what that is, is taking a look at where are we spilling energy unnecessarily in our work, in our personal lives. And to me, that comes in two categories. Number one is brain drain. The other is soul suck. And so brain drain is things like decision fatigue. And Decision fatigue is your brain can only make so many decisions in a day before it peters out. Right. And so we want to streamline, we want to create procedures and and processes that streamline the situation. I'll give you an example. Mark Zuckerberg is in a blue t-shirt and jeans every single day. And he does that because he's pre-decided. I am not re-deciding what I'm wearing to work every day. I have too much um, importance on the decisions I need to make later in the day. So as chronic pain sufferers, we have that tenfold. So where do we look? Where are we remaking decisions every day? Where are we paying attention that we don't need to? For me, it's I never put my keys in the same place, which is ridiculous because then I have to pay attention and figure out where I put them, right? Um, it is problem solving. When do we do problem solving? It's best done at the beginning of the day when our brain battery is at a full charge. Um, those sorts of things. Soul suck is things like worry, it's toxic relationships, it's overscheduling yourself. Um, it's things like that. And so if we can really get um, clear and honest about where we're spilling energy unnecessarily, then we can preserve that energy we need, again, to do what only we can do. And so an energy spillage example, maybe if it takes you, Nancy, two hours to post a blog post, and get everything sorted. And it takes Cindy, your assistant, you know, 20 minutes. That's time well spent for Cindy and not time well spent for you. Um, And so it's that idea. So constantly looking at where am I spilling energy unnecessarily? And how can I shore up that hole
1: in my bucket? I love it. I love it. And I think that it just takes someone who's ready Mm -hmm. to do those things. Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of the the pushback from ourselves we we give ourselves pushback and I'm not sure I can't help you can't help someone unless they're ready and willing to be helped 100%
2: and I think Nancy too as we kind of talk from a chronic condition standpoint every day is different and so We have to, we have to be really tuned into who, like how we're feeling emotionally, how we're feeling physically and, and set the day appropriately from that. And there'll be days that we're super productive and there's days that we're not as productive and we have to be gentle and compassionate to ourselves about that.
1: Yeah. Have to give ourselves permission. Yes. To stay in bed today. If that, (laughs) you know that's what it takes and
2: yeah, unapologetically because again you as you said when we first started um, most of us are carrying around situations that people don't see they don't understand it they forget about it five minutes after you've told them so we are the only ones that can monitor where we're at for the day and what is doable and you know whether we need to cancel that social outing um, or our obligation for whatever it is so that we can get the work done that we need to get done
1: but I think there's a dangerous line here, too, that we have to be aware of. And that is, I'll use you as an example. Um, I could not find, I found the form today. We had not talked. You had talked to Cindy Correct. prior to this. And I always, when it comes time for me to do an interview with someone, I always go back into our, our files where you filled out the forms, the the chat forms and the, you know, and all of that and, and given me answers to questions to ask. I couldn't find it. I found where you had set up today's appointment, but mm-hmm. I could not find the original application. And I going, I never do two interviews, one on top of the other. (laughs) I'm tired, I don't want to do another interview, (laughs) especially when I couldn't find out anything about the person I was gonna be interviewing, right? Mm -hmm. And I went, do I send her a note and say, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to postpone. Do I, no, I'm not gonna do that. And obviously I didn't because I'm here. But I think if we give ourselves too much permission, we can wind up not doing anything at all. Yeah, I think I liken it
2: to um, when I'm coaching somebody on movement and exercise and just mobility, we talk about skirting the edges. And if we don't skirt the edges of whatever physical capacity we have, then those edges come in and then that's our new edge. And if we don't skirt that one regularly, then those edges come in. And so the idea, same thing, I think in our capacity to do things for our work, for ourselves uh, personally, you're absolutely right. We have to have that conversation with ourselves and say, do I need to push through this? And do I need to skirt the edge so that that edge remains nice and broad for me so my world doesn't get smaller and smaller? Um, I love that you mentioned that, you know, the idea of the back-to-back podcasts. I have a show of my own and it's the same thing, you know, when you set up those two interviews, they look great on paper. And then you get into them. And um, for those of you that aren't podcasters or whatever, Nancy, this is a big energy output for you. You know, it's, and it, I know for myself it is too. And so I am completely sympathetic and I'm, I am glad that we kept our appointment, but I also would have totally understood uh, had it not worked out. But I think that's a great point you bring up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there, for me at least, and hopefully for the people that are listening and for the people that that I work with at least, one of the things that I stand for is I stand for integrity and I stand for honesty. And if I say I'm going to do something, Mm -hmm. if at all possible, I'm going to do it because obviously you were looking forward i got an email from you wanting to know you know the the zoom link and all of that so you had planned for this you Mm -hmm. know there it's not just me now if i had been so exhausted from the first one that yeah. I absolutely could not do it. And I did one of those the other day and I thought this was the worst interview I've ever done, but <laughs> I didn't feel good. Yeah. And I had pushed myself through anyhow. Of course. And I, and I said, you know, yeah. I don't feel that bad. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm actually up and energized because the first interview went really well And so I'm just going to play it by ear and see what we got. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I want to, I
2: want to dig a little into what you just said, because there's a thing that I share with, with clients. It's a, a friend of mine used to share this with her children when, when her kids were young and they couldn't express their emotions really articulately, she had them, they had a Cat at their house, and she said, You know, when you pet the cat fur this way and just feel so nice and it's good, and you know, when you pet the cat fur backwards, it feels doesn't feel good, cat doesn't like it, you don't like it. She used that for them to express how they felt about something. I am going somewhere with this, Nancy, I promise. So, the idea is when you're asked to do something, when you're faced with a decision your cat for rubbing the right way or is it rubbing the wrong way? And if the more we can tap into that really initial response to a request for us to do something, and we can honor that instead of going, yeah, I'll do it. Or yeah. Okay. I can be there. When your cat for saying no, no, no. Um, I think the more we can tune into that for our schedules, professionally and personally, and say no right at the outset rather than yes. And then, I don't think I can, or I'm going to need to cancel. Um, I think that's, that's really essential too, is, is sometimes I think we really know in the moment that we don't want to be making that commitment and we have to honor that. Um, so I think that's important to be aware of as well.
1: And that in and of itself brings up the other side of the coin in that we may understand ourselves, but we've also got to understand and not allow the other person to create a judgment on us what i mean by that is i had had an appointment a few months ago with someone and i had to cancel because i had gotten a call from my doctor i was getting ready for surgery and the doctor says you need to come in right now and have some blood work done My doctors are over an hour away. Mm -hmm. So I had to cancel the appointment because I had to get to the doctors. Then we reset, you know, so cancel the appointment. We reset the appointment for a later time. That later time wound up I had, I get pneumonia four times a year. Mm -hmm. Inevitably. I know it's coming. Every time the season changes, I get sick. And I had pneumonia and I couldn't talk, and mm. I was coughing and choking and sneezing, and not really the best way to conduct an interview for a sure. podcast. So I wrote to her, and I said, I am so sorry. I just can't do this. Mm-hmm. I get back a comment, not even from her, but from her VA saying, well, obviously, you don't take us seriously enough, and you don't care enough about us that you're just blowing us off and Mm -hmm. so let's just forget the whole thing I'm not interested in doing your podcast anymore Mm -hmm. you know so that has gone into my mind and I'm going okay well if I cancel with Heather is she not gonna like me anymore you
2: know
0: that
1: kind of a thing
2: you have have PTSD from that
1: (laughs) from that trauma
2: (laughs) yeah I think I think too though you know, what other people think of us is their problem, not our problem. And I think the more we can just check in with us and go, Am, you know, am I authentic in what this whole thing just happened? And if they're having trouble with it, that's not something I can influence. And I think as chronic condition sufferers, we have to, that's an emotional spillage is when we're so worried about what other people are thinking, we have to pull that in because with no influence over it. Um, and I'm sure you probably followed up with a nice email and just said, I'm so sorry you feel that way. You did what you could do. And had to let it go
1: I, I so wanted to say fine screw you go away i never <laughs> want to talk to you again <laughs> it, is, it is easy to definitely get triggered
2: in those situations when our integrity is called into question and yeah. I, i'm with my sister on that one i don't like that either
1: but i was a good girl i didn't i i did exactly what you said you know but it's i think we need to uh, exactly what you've said and i've been working hard on it and i have gotten to the point where it's now okay that person wasn't the right person for me to talk with anyway so the right thing happened it would have been a waste of energy probably to have even tried to talk to them and and but we have to it's a growing process It's, it's always an evolution we have to change and Think about things and don't yeah. be rigid. I yeah. hate rigidity where somebody says, I'm not going to do that and nothing's going to change it. And, yeah. you know, you need to be open to different things.
2: Yeah, definitely. it's. I think it's called wisdom.
1: <laughs> now, nobody's ever said I was <laughs> had wisdom before. <laughs> well, it, it is it is and one and i say this all the time it is difficult for anyone if they're serious and if they're really wanting to be successful it is difficult to run a business yeah yeah period yeah for sure <laughs> but you add in and and it doesn't and and i get I get people saying, well, you don't just have to have a chronic illness, you know, any sort of challenges um, right now in this day and age when, um, you know, you've got COVID and Mm -hmm. you're, you're teaching your kids at home or, or one of my, one of my clients and one of my employees was on one of our programs yesterday and it's called an intention hour and it's just an hour of quiet solitude where everybody's working she got like three calls during this hour Mm -hmm. where she had to stop what she was doing and go pick up somebody and bring them back and you know there's always stresses and and how do you deal with those things and i know for me my husband drives me crazy because wherever his keys land or where his keys land, <laughs> and he can never find things. And I said, if you only found places to put things so you would know exactly where to go to get them every single time, you would not have this issue, yeah. you know? but it's, it's the, the idea of that's just one more thing i have to do mm-hmm. it's going to take time to figure out where i want to put these keys it's going to take time to remember that's where i've got to put these keys mm-hmm. what happens when you actually get to the point where you know every single time that's where your keys are going to be right. you yeah. know it's we have to with chronic illnesses we have to know that this challenging situation of running a business is going to be even more challenging and that we have to figure out ways to create a better environment for ourselves.
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do, you know, you're taught, I I think you're alluding to a lot of times we're too tired or in too much pain to do X, Y, Z. And that's where I think Uh, Way before that ever happens, we put in a framework of habit training and um, structure and process and procedure that when i 'm tired that stuff's all there anyway, so I just glide through it and it still happens right, and so we spend our energy the energy is really well spent if we're establishing routines, procedures, new habits, whatever that is and so i you know I think that's great I also think we can't just rely on our own energy to make stuff happen we externally have to design um what it is we want the outcome to look like and to make it ease and and just the ability for it to to happen as easily as possible.
1: Yeah. You know, you are saying absolutely the same thing in different words that I say every day. And I love hearing it because it's a reinforcement that maybe I really do know something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, but it's I I think that this is a very, very interesting conversation because everything you're saying is so in tune with, with what I believe and what I think of and what I have done for myself in my own. I mean, having had these issues for 30 years, I've learned to deal with things. And yeah. that's not to say that everyday life is perfect because it's not. You know, and and there are days when I just want to go back into my little hole that I was in and, you know, all of these kinds of things. But if we give ourselves permission, if we try to create the processes and use the tools that allow us to make things easier, Mm -hmm. then we're going to be able to have the best life that we can have yeah for sure and i think investing
2: in your absolute most important tool uh your mental and physical you know well-being is you know any investment you make there is is going to pay back dividends so um i think that's that's super key as well as an entrepreneur it's it's all about you and so we have to be as healthy as possible and whatever
1: limitations we have we work within those wonderful that's great Heather, we are out of time. I could I could keep talking forever, and and I love having this conversation. But we we're up to the limit. What is one thing as we go that you want to share with us that we haven't already talked about?
2: Only one.
1: Oh, um, okay. Well, I want to make more perfect. later. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, that's okay. I want to make sure that um, one of the things that I do is, uh, so there's sort of a three pronged approach when I first start working with a client, we talk about the wellness pit crew, we talk about uh, energy leakage liability inventories, and we talk about defining a wellness driver. And the wellness driver is a deep internal motivator around why you actually want to be as well and optimized as you possibly can. It's individual for everybody, but there's a process that you go through to do that. And, and so I think um, as a last sort of encouragement to those that are listening is if you're struggling with simple shifts in your life, whether it's, you know, starting to meal plan on a Sunday or incorporating whatever kind of exercise that's available to you or starting a mindfulness practice, whatever that is, um, if you're struggling with that, then go back and think about what is it that, what are the real reasons I want to be uh, well? And sometimes that's hard for people. So I've created a PDF workbook that I'm giving to your listeners for free. They can just take that with the link that's probably in the show notes. And it's a, it's a wellness-wide driver workbook where it takes you through the process of defining that for yourself. And I think it's absolutely essential because it's so easy to get discouraged in the moment, and think, oh, I don't want to do this, or forget it, it's not even worth it. But if we can tap into that, I think that's really key. Can I share just a, one quick story before we go, Nancy? Oh, no, please. Okay, thank you. It taps into this wellness why. And it, there's a woman named Ernestine Shepard, and she's 83. And when she was 50, out of shape, overweight, Injuries, all sorts of things. Her sister dragged her to the gym and the two of them started working out together. And within a couple of years, her sister said to Ernestine, Ernestine, if I ever go before you, you have to take up the torch and work out twice as hard. Less than a year later, her sister died of cancer. And so Ernestine worked out twice as hard. And she now holds more world records, fitness competition records at 83. She wins every fitness competition she goes into. And I talk about her only because she has a deeply moving wellness motivator. She knows why she wants to be well. So when her alarm goes off at five in the morning, she doesn't struggle. And so I really think all of us can dig down and find that why do we want to be optimized, not just because I want to be healthy, or I want to be um i you know i won't be able to do stuff it's deeper than that and so when you find it it'll tug you at the heart might bring a tear to your eye but it's really important to to go through the process and to find that for yourself so that's all i've got nancy thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it
1: i love it one last thing for you how does someone get a hold of you if they want to work with you perfect
2: yeah instagram i am well fit and A-N-D, fed on all platforms. And so Instagram or LinkedIn are great places to go and message me. Click follow on Instagram, message me. I would love to see your uh, personal wellness wise once you've gone through the notebook. And so um, come find me over there or I'm also on LinkedIn.
1: All the details are there as well. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has just been an absolutely fascinating conversation. Anybody listening, if you have any questions, put them in the comment section and I'll make sure that Heather gets them and can answer them for you. If you want, I think she would be a wonderful person for you to work with. So reach out to her and also let me know what you thought of today's session and who you'd like to hear from going forward. We're always looking for more great conversations like this that are supportive and helpful and if you've got any suggestions let me know you can hear all of our shows at don't wait till pigs and so i look forward to hearing from you seeing you and until next time get out there everybody be productive and soar higher take care of y'all bye-bye